0: It was a snow day for the Cleveland Guardians today. They'll have to make it up in June. Uh, While there was no game, some hardware was handed out. We have some minor league stuff to talk about and a preview of everyone's uh, predicted American League Central champion, the Chicago White Sox, all on today's episode of Locked On Guardians. You are Locked On Guardians podcast on the cleveland guardians part of the locked on podcast network your team every day so i want to thank you for making locked on guardians your first listen today and every day wherever it is you get podcasts i want to thank everyone with the ton of interactions over on the youtube we're up over 160 at last check I, we might even be higher. I haven't actually checked today. Uh, Shroom Media, I'll give you a quick shout out. Been the most active person over on the YouTube side of things. Let's keep going. Let's keep pushing. Uh, overall, if you're curious, we were down a little bit this week in terms of downloads. It's hard to match the uh, the huge amounts we did when you have a Jose Ramirez extension. You have Stephen Kwan doing what he did. Now, he was continuing that a little bit in the last week, but still... Uh, I appreciate everyone out there doing their part. For those who don't don't know me, I am Jeff Ellis. I've been the host for nearly 700 episodes now of Lockdown Guardians. Uh, before that, I was a lead draft and prospect analyst at Scout and 24-7. Before that, I wrote at or was mentioned at every single Cleveland sports blog. You can imagine, uh, if it existed, I appeared in some form or another there. So let's get into, uh, the game. Uh, snow out. You know, I woke up this morning here in, uh, in Milwaukee and I was like what <laughs> I get you know this is like I get for not checking the weather reports I'm sure there's others as well but it's like I did not expect to see a bunch of snow on the ground and the Guardians that what's kind of interesting is the White Sox only come to Cleveland twice this year so with the uh, makeup being moved to July 12th it'll be a double header that day uh, the you know the White Sox and Guardians will play three now instead of four and they'll do that makeup in July you know, there'll obviously be games in Chicago, but you're trying to make it up here where the, where the Guardians play. So, yeah, it was a, a, a split doubleheader is coming up. Uh, in terms of the pitching, they just pushed everybody down. It was like an off day. For the Guardians, it's Bieber, uh, McKenzie, and um, Plesak for the rest of this rotation. So I assume then we would see, you know, a Friday matchup with uh, with Con- Quantrell. Uh, so that was, you know, it's interesting to see. It. It's a little bit uh, disappointing. You kind of, even with baseball having been bad the past few days, you still look forward to baseball. So not having it was a bit of a bummer. Let's uh, let's still get into the hardware. Let's talk about fun. Uh, we talked about on yesterday's show that there were only two players who had a war over one, according to Fangraphs, and they were Owen Miller and Jose Ramirez. And Jose Ramirez, uh, Owen Miller technically was the better hitter Ramirez is the more complete player because Miller's defensive metrics were all pretty awful. So Jose Ramirez was rewarded, unsurprisingly, when you're doing that with the the player of the week. And can I again give a massive shout out to the Cleveland Guardians? I love the Art Deco look. I love the new pictures for their tweeting. I know, okay, I I had a bit of an issue this week where, you know, people got mad at me with the name change stuff. Uh, And I'm going to reiterate on the show, I understand the name change is hard. I understand that a lot of people have a lot of history and connections. I understand it is a multifaceted discussion. I just get really annoyed when someone makes the uh, the comment, uh, how come Browns aren't racist? I'm just like, oh, wow, that's a statement. Like, if you're going to make that statement, I- I'm just going to like back away. Uh, in this case, with the Guardians, going from the Indians to the Guardians, I will say the name. Uh, you know, there's, there's multiple levels, you know, I've been always pro name change, but I also understand people who are hurt by this because nobody likes change, uh, especially something that's been beloved your whole life, who you might have a connect, like, you know, I've talked about, I have a Cleveland guardians ornament that sits in my Christmas stuff. We're a big, uh, Christmas family here and I can't do anything with it. It's from my grandma. So it just kind of sits there. It's got chief wahoo on it. I, I can't hang it, but I can't throw it away. And I feel like that kind of really illustrates the point. Like there is just part of, for a lot of people, it's, it's their youth. It is fond memories of people who aren't with you anymore. There's a lot of things like that. And, uh, you know, I, I think, I mean, it's the craziness of, I remember going, uh, to the playoffs. Was it against New York before they had to knock off the Yankees before they knocked off the blue Jays, before they went to the world series uh, and just being like, I, I went to one game in each, no I didn't go in the Toronto game, I couldn't get tickets, but I just remember going to one of those playoff games, it was my first ever playoff game, because uh, I wasn't going to pay outrageous fees when I lived in New York City, when playoffs occurred last but I was in New York City for the 2007 that would have been an interesting experience but I I, uh, you know, digress here uh, you know, when someone shows up in red face it just, I was like, come on people we need to do better, and that you know, that's the extreme end, and there's the other ends, and it is a you know I should be talking about Jose, so I'm gonna get back to it, but I just wanna say if there's anyone who I bothered or offended with it, I I'm sorry, but then it's also like you can't be bothered and offended by that and not care that someone else is bothered and offended by. It. I see what I mean. There's just, I'm just gonna you know dig myself a hole if I keep going. So uh, again, I totally understand why some people don't have the UI have it and I understand why it is something that it's uh really hard to, to let go of. But that being said, I still think all the new Art Deco look is incredibly awesome looking and I love it. Speaking of things we love, you know, Jose Ramirez contract extension, one thousandth career hit. Uh just you know the let's see. He uh his RBIs and his base hits lead all players in the ba- in baseball at the point in time that he was given this award. Uh, the National League winner, Seiya Suzuki, who, if you listen to this podcast, you know, was the player I really, I knew it was incredibly unlikely. But, you know, that was the player that, uh, you know, I I kind of wanted them to go out and get. Like, if there was one player that I wanted the Guardians to add in free agency, and if you listen to this podcast, you know this is the truth. This isn't me just jumping on uh, a hot player or talking about the... This uh, player, because he's playing well, he was someone I was like, okay, the the outlying stats here seem to show someone who is likely going to translate well. Uh, And and there are so many positive things. And unfortunately, he went to the White Sox, or not White Sox, the Cubs, wrong Chicago team, and he's played super well. Um, Again, I would love to have had him in Cleveland but that just hasn't happened. Uh, instead, we have Jose Ramirez, who is the American League Player of the Week. Well, well earned uh, in terms of that. He has done everything uh, one could hope for in the early going. And again, he was one of the two players who was already in, what, nine games worth a win this year. So that's that is just fantastic. Um, oh, so we finally got an official. I was going to look at stuff. So the official reason Chen Chang went on the I.L. was COVID. That's interesting. Good on the Guardians and their approach to COVID that no one else had to go on the COVID 19 uh, illness list. Uh, We saw, uh, you know, when he was put on the illness list, it was not announced why. So now we know why that occurred Uh, because, you know, it was the thing where uh, Connor Pilkington gets sent down on the 14th. We didn't really talk about it. He made his major league debut over the weekend. So congrats to him comes back on the 15th, makes that MLB debut, and, and Yu Chen Chang goes on uh, the disabled list. So now we know it is COVID. Uh, I had missed that one originally. Uh, we'll have to, again, you know, this Guardians team right now still has some easy areas it can prove and some ways to go about it. Uh, you know, I didn't hear back from a lot of people, so let me know what you thought about my ideas in terms of, you know, let's just in ensconce, in entrance, in uh, whatever word I'm looking for, uh Owen Miller at uh, at first base and move on from there. And you know, let's let's just let uh Naylor play in the outfield or you know, figure out how to get those two guys in there every day. We really need to sit down and figure out the best possible way to keep those two bats in the lineup to really tell what we have with those players. Like I think We kind of know what we have with a lot of them. Uh, You know, I'm still going to sit here and, and, you know, do we still use the expression standing for someone? I'm still going to stand for Andres Jimenez. I think it is foolhardy to give up on a 23-year-old. And again, uh, that's not to insult anyone. Uh, Again, Shroom, I appreciate you over on the YouTube. Uh, But, like, go look at, before you want to give up on a 23-year-old, go look at what happened when Jose Ramirez was 22. Go look at that second bite of the apple that second year in the big leagues because his 2013 season he was just essentially a a, a base runner he wasn't uh, anything other than that so he comes in and has a good 2014 in 68 games which is a similar sample size to andres jimenez's 2020 uh and you know it, it actually jimenez was better at uh, at 22 than jose ramirez was again i'm not saying he's going to be better but uh you know jose had a really rough age, uh, you know, 2015 gets sent down, comes back and plays well and then explodes in 2016. uh, And, you know, he's just a different player. So this would be the year where Jimenez would have that Jose Ramirez like step. So I, I still, I'm believing in him. And, you know, I will state that he is actually playing better than Ahmed Rosario and he's the better defender and he's got like twice as much team control if we're going to get into who should be playing every day, like I, I still think it's him and as I mean, I think it's both of them. <laughs> let's be honest, they should both be playing every day. So, here's let, let's just go with it. Okay, like who should play every day right now? Maybe not what I plan to do originally for segment one, but who should be playing every day? No doubt. Catch is a catcher and go make a trade. Who should be playing every day? A catcher, someone they make a trade and acquire. Go see what Wilson Contreras cost. he is a rental it can't be that much it just it can't be and in terms of like I haven't really checked in on the Cubs like in depth um you know I know he is playing every day at catcher but I, Jan Gomes is still you know he started two games in the past week at catcher four for Contreras they have two catchers I mean go get one from them <laughs> it's just can, can we just get that done Get a catcher. Who should start a catcher? Someone they trade for. Okay, that's where this team is. First base should be Owen Millers to hold on to for now. Uh, Second base should be Rosario. Shortstop should be Jimenez, because that'll give you your best up-the-middle defense with those two at those two positions. Jose Ramirez at third. I mean, do I need to say anything? Center field, Miles Straw. Left field, Stephen Kwan. Right field, Josh Naylor. Fran at DH. That should be the lineup every day. Every day. Let's just run that out there until at least June and see what these guys can do. Let's figure out what uh, these players can do. Can, you know, Stephen Kwan be a league average bat? There's going to be a regression. When you are, when half of your value is built into hit tool, it means that you have a high variance and a high amount of luck that can influence you. So he will have those scorching hot times. He will have times where he has an O for a weekend. Uh, I still think at the end of the day, he's going to be a 110 type of w, uh, RC plus. He's going to be, you know, the most—I I, saw—you know, if you've heard my narrative, uh, the Athletic had a whole piece on George Valera today talking about the, you know, the Guardians haven't produced an all-star outfielder or even an above-average outfielder since Manny Ramirez draft developed and put into the big leagues. Uh, and, I mean, I don't know if that's quite—it's like, you know— what what do you consider Richie Saxton? Like He played first, he played outfield, you know, things like I mean, I guess that's the nitpicking. Uh, it was still an interesting piece to go check out over on The Atlantic on George Valera. But we know this team hasn't been able to—and they talk about Steve Kwan. That's how I got to that. But they talk about, you know, the, can, I think Steve Kwan can be an above-average producer. Even with the variance, I still would bet on him more than—I mean, Owen Miller is clearly playing over his head. When he regresses, though, can he be above league average? I've always said yes. I've always said that I think he could potentially be. I'm not as sold on it. I'm not at all someone who's like, yeah, Owen Miller is our first bit. Ba- we found our first baseman for the next five years. That that I'm not stating. I am not stating that at all. But I think potentially could he? Yeah, sure, maybe. Let's see what he can do. Let's figure it out. Let's figure out you know Naylor. Because let's be honest, like at the end of this year, if he doesn't post. You know, an above-average offensive season with him getting, I think he would be arbitration-eligible. You, then you have to start making that hard, especially with the way this 40-man situation is set up. You have to start making those hard decisions and cutting bait with guys. But yeah, it's uh, that is the lineup. Let me know what you think. Hit me up on Twitter, at Draft. Right or wrong, do you think, in my uh, lineup of choice? And we'll take a quick break. We're going to come back and preview this series that is upcoming against the Chicago White Sox. And our sponsor today is Bet Online. You know them, you love them. I wish I had put some money there uh, on Stephen Kwan. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your betting stats and sports info. First, uh, find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. Uh, we'll start getting into the daily ones where I will tell tell you if it is a good betting line. Uh, I've only given two guarantees, and so far I am two for two in those. So when the guarantee comes down the line, uh, that is something you might want to check out and uh, you know really listen to me over with our good friends at Bet Online. So let's uh, get into the preview. Let's let's talk about these teams. Let's talk about your Cleveland Guardians against the dreaded Chicago White Sox, the favorites to win this division, but also one of the most beat up teams in baseball. Uh, there's no other way around. I mean, this is a White Sox team. It's not the White Sox team you are expecting to see. And even amongst the players who are playing every day, uh, you know, Eloy Jimenez missed a game last week due to injury two for Josh Harrison. You got uh, Andrew Vaughn at a DH who's also got banged up with points. I mean, this is not a Gavin Sheets in <laughs> right field is uh, not something I ever expected to see, but it happened uh, last Tuesday. Uh, It's just, this is a team that has its core pieces, and and they're playing fairly well. Uh, I've always been a big Jake Berger guy, dating back to his college days. I mean, they've got him up, because they're just so beat up right now. This is a team, if you go and you look at their injured list, Monk, why can I never say Well, I can't say any name right. It, It is funny. Pronunciation drives people batty. And one of the podcasts I've been listening to my whole life is um, Stuff You Should Know, where they have the same pronunciation issues. And I kind of wonder, I'm like, if you get big enough, do people not care anymore? But pronunciation is probably the negative, number one negative thing on our iTunes reviews. So something I'm working on. Yoan Mancata. Still said it wrong. I believe. Andy let me know. Uh, you know, he is strained oblique and out. Uh, Yerman Mercedes out, AJ Pollock out, Lance Lynn out, Lucas Giolito out, Jonathan Stiver, Stever, who I like dating back to his, I believe, University of Indiana days, uh, lat surgery, Ryan Burr, Garrett Crochet, Joe Kelly, all out. That's a lot. That's three members of their bullpen, two uh, projected starters, their third baseman, and their newest, newest acquired outfielder. That's that's a lot of players down and out for the Chicago White Sox. Let's. Let's get into it, though. Let's get into the big things. Let's go through position by position. Catcher. Obvious advantage to the White Sox. Uh, Do we really need to go any more than that? Uh, Grondel. Starting to feel his age. Hasn't had the best starts of the year, but he is still better than what the Guardians have. First base. uh, Jose Abreu versus, let's see, who played the most games there last week? It's sometimes hard to, like, is it Miller? Yeah, it's Miller. Uh, Miller has been the hotter player, but come on. Jose Abreu is a a solid player. He had a bit of a down year last year. He is 35 years of age. This is a situation where if Miller keeps playing well and Jose Abreu keeps on a normal aging curve, like, the next time these teams meet up, my answer could change here. Like, Abreu is nearing the end of the line in Chicago. Uh, and, in ter- I, I, man, I can think back to when I was riding at Indians Baseball Insider and I was like, man, I'd like the Guardians to sign him. And when he signed with the Cubs, it was like, that's a pretty cheap deal. I got that one right. (laughs) I don't get all of them right. But that was one I can put uh, positively on the ledger um, for that one. But, you know, first base, you know, yes, the Guardians have the hotter hand. Currently better player, White Sox. Second base, uh, Lueri Garcia, advantage Guardians with M&S. I don't think that's, you know, maybe it's close to a push. Uh, but that gives one there. moving to shortstop Tim Anderson versus Ahmed Rosario advantage White Sox giving them back the two and Josh Harrison versus Jose Ramirez okay now it is a one-point advantage moving in the outfield uh Miles Straw versus Luis Robert let's just go to center I know I'm not following the rules here Straw is hotter right now Robert is still probably the better player but I think this is a closer gap than anyone wants to give it credit for uh he has, Robert's got the bigger physical tools, but he's been very streaky in his play. Some inconsistencies, uh, he's a fantastic player, but Straw has been really good and he's shown some gradual improvement now that he's getting everyday playing, which was not his case for most of his career in Houston until a year ago. But it is advantage White Sox that puts them up too. Uh Eloy Jimenez in left field versus Steve Kwan. You know, Jimenez is... Um, really bad in defense, so you got to balance that out. When you're looking at a guy who, even when, like, A, you know, his his head had continued health injuries, and B, uh, he's never had a war over two. Now, in the 2020 season, if he had played the whole year, maybe that happens, Uh, but there's also, you know, uh, the strikeout rate isn't huge, but there's a pretty big gap between strike and walk rates. That first year... Let's put it this way. I, I'm going to give the advantage to the White Sox to give them a three point lead, but this is another position that could flip. <laughs> I know I have White Sox fans listening who are going to call me insane, but like Jimenez is a DH playing in the outfield. That's an issue. And two, he's never quite lived up to the hype. He's been good, he has never been great. And he was kind of viewed as one of like the elite, elite prospects in baseball. And again, I would gladly take him on the Guardians. He's a good, good player. But right now, he's got a 75 runs created plus. Last year, he was at a 101 after he came back from health. There's been health. There's been defense. I think even a White Sox fan would say they're probably disappointed at him. for Now, he's only 25. So there's plenty of time for him to turn the star that, I mean, I thought he was going to be. Uh, so let's, let's not get it there, but yeah, like if Steve Kwan can be like a 110 runs created plus and an above average defender compared to what Jimenez has done in his early seasons, then we could see this actually be uh, a win, but right now it's a loss for the guardians. All of that just to say, no, they still lose. Uh, so that gives a three point advantage moving to right field. We look at Josh Naylor versus, uh, Gavin Sheets, you know, Sheets has been, I liked him coming out of wake. Is this it was him and like Stuart Fairchild? I loved I loved both of those players. That hasn't worked out for I was higher on Fairchild, one of those maybe that has not worked out. Uh, he has played one game in right, they have not listed over here at, at Roster Resources. I would consider him more their DH and say Vaughn is more the right fielder or uh Adam Engel when you're getting into it, but uh, Vaughn, I mean, okay, so Vaughn is another guy where maybe you want to consider this me not getting something right, like I, I. I thought he was going to be a, a batting champ. I loved his him as a hitter. He, like, I, I thought the gap, I thought him and Spencer Torkelson were very close in terms of grading, um, which is not the consensus view on him at all. Uh, but I've I've really liked Vaughn. Uh, if the White Sox trade him for Frankie Montes, it's basically the only way they can get Montes. Uh, I totally understand why Oakland would do it. And for the White Sox, he's, you're playing him in the outfield. I don't think that's going to be a natural home for him. Uh, you got Gavin Sheets. Like I understand the logic of it, but still <laughs> I'll rather see if there's a way to trade something like Gavin Sheets and like every other prospect of note, like to get that deal done, than to trade Andrew Vaughn. I really believe in him. Uh, I I think he's going to be a fantastic hitter. He's better than Josh Naylor. You know, it's just that's the truth of the matter. That gives the White Sox. Take the whole outfield. That gives them a four-point advantage. Um, it's huge. I mean, it's a massive difference between these two teams. Current pitching, starting pitching for the White Sox is messy. Uh, you know, Dylan Cease is a uh, under-the-radar Cy Young candidate. Michael Kopech was mostly a reliever. You're building up his innings. Vince Velasquez was let go by multiple organizations. Dallas Keuchel is. Uh, a back end starter nearing the end of his career. Jimmy Lambert, I really I had him higher rated than uh Louis Robert back when I worked at Scout because um a big part of that was just me looking at like success rates of um high profile Canadian or Canadian Cuban players, very different. Uh it hadn't been very high. Uh and the swing in the miss was a concern for me. I was wrong. You know, that's one of those you can mark in the other co- uh, category. But I liked, uh, I liked Jimmy Lambert a lot. Um, I think he can be totally a back end starter, and it's nice to see him getting some opportunities. Uh, right now, comparing these rotations, it's advantage guardians. Um, you know, Cease is fantastic, Kopek is really interesting. The rest of it, though, is fill in. It really is fillers because they're, you know, if Lynn and G. are healthy, then it's advantage White Sox. And that's, you know, no doubt. If you have one of them, it might change this to advantage White Sox, honestly. But with those, both of those pitchers out, it's right now advantage Guardians. Like I said, I think just one of them tips it in their favor. But with both out, I give the advantage to the Guardians. So it's like a three point lead. But it goes right back to the White Sox, and you're talking bullpen. Uh, you know, Liam Hendricks has been one of the best for a lot of years now. Aaron Bummer is utterly fantastic on a really team-friendly deal. Uh, Kendall Graveman looked fantastic a year ago; It started out really well. Uh, you know, I, I'm curious to see if they can get Kyle Crick back to where he was a few years ago. They've just got a lot of. I, I like Matt Forster or Forster Foster, hurt throwing righty. They keep finding guys who. I mean, they're they do well with pitcher development. So uh, it's Vange White Sox. I mean, this whole weekend should uh, this should be. Not weekend. This week isn't going to be great. Let's be honest. Um, You know, the the Guardians should win tomorrow with with Bieber v Keuchel, right? And then Lambert versus McKenny. McKenny, man. Lambert versus McKenzie. Pitching matchup is advantage to the Guardians, but I think overall, um, I just don't. I think the White Sox are better team. So I think even though it's a pitching matchup pitching matchup advantage that it still favor the White Sox. And Wednesday's game and then Thursday's game, they have the starting pitching advantage and the lineup advantage and the bullpen advantage. Like Thursday's game is the one that uh, does not look good at all. Uh, We're going to take our second break here. We're going to come back and do a little bit of minors talk, talk about who's leading what in the early goings. Listen, I'm going to keep talking about it because I'm going to keep kicking myself about it. I cost myself 50 bucks because I was lazy and didn't go to Rock Auto. I sat there on this very podcast and talked about, you know, you can change your own windshield wipers and your own filters. And I've gotten filters from Rock Auto. It's simple. I got lazy on the wipers. I went and got my oil changed. And, uh, yeah, I get the wipers on because I don't have, you know, the whole thing came off. I was essentially just a bare wiper blade. It was doing me no good. And the Rock Auto price versus what I paid cost me $50. Uh, You know, I that's a lot of money don't be an idiot like me go to rockauto.com to save time and money uh, it comes right to your door too so it just ships right to you and again you don't have to be a do-it-yourselfer there's a lot of parts on your car like those wipers like those filters that you're going to pay a ridiculous amount if you let someone else do it like i foolishly did that's exactly when you want to go to rock auto you know those more complex pieces you and i uh we may not be the ones for that if you're like me but that's simpler stuff. And there's always rebates and deals going on at RockAuto. Make sure, though, when you go to RockAuto.com, it's a little how'd you hear about us box. You're going to type Locked On, Locked On Guardians, Locked On MLB, some form of Locked On to let them know, hey, we sent you there. Remember, that is RockAuto.com to save you money. Don't be an idiot like me. And make sure to let them know that the Locked On Network sent you. So let's talk about some stat leaders in the early going. Now, again, We say small sample size, take it with a grain of salt. You know, there's a lot of players performing uh, well, players to check out, and the like. But I I think it's kind of fun to look at the early stat leaders. Uh, So let's see. I want to make sure that I have the whole minor league stat number system. I just don't want to talk about only, you know, one or two um, performers. I, I had it here. Let me pause to make sure that I don't waste your time. Okay, I'm back. Uh yeah, I just you know, it's I didn't want to waste time going through all of it. It's so currently leading the minors in average Will Brennan in Akron. Uh under you want a Helium outfield candidate, you want maybe the next guy who's gonna go out there and potentially be the next guy up for this outfield. You know, if Josh Naylor doesn't work out in the corner spot, you know, who could be the next? You know, if George uh Valera uh ends up DHing so let's be honest, if ever, I should take over the other one, but like, even let's say Steven Kwan can capture lightning in a bottle and he's more of a, a, a backup. Now, I think he can, but let's say it happens. Um, Will Brennan's that helium guy to consider. He's interested interesting Went to Kansas State. Not it's a program that puts guys out there every year, even though it's not like a top program. And when they drafted him, they actually drafted him as a two way guy. And I talked about it at the time, I'm like, well, he's going to be potentially a backup outfielder. And he could also be like a Loogie type out of your bullpen, and then COVID happened and they kind of uh, abandoned that. But he was announced as a um, as a two way player when he was drafted, so you know he's got a, a good arm. He was a you know a pitcher in college, but he's also you know it it's the smart thing they took a guy from a program that produces talent but isn't necessarily a great program that doesn't put a ton of guys out there, and then they're like okay, focus just on hitting. Uh, and he's gotten better every single year. He is kind of the next Helium Blue Light special, whatever you want to kind of label him. Follow Will Brennan and Akron. He is a guy to look at, to follow, to know, because he's performing very well, but he definitely gets lost in the shuffle. Uh, and being part of that 2019 class, right? I believe that's when he was. I don't think they need to add him to the 40-man at the end of the year. I'd have to double-check that. Uh, but he is, uh, like I said, he's sitting over 400 in the early going, you know, just another kind of like name that had fallen off a bit. Uh, Joe Naranjo, I, you know, he was one of those first base types. Like I talked to, you know, Ulysses Cantu and Joe Naranjo. And I think Naranjo was a California kid. Cantu, I I want to say Texas, Oklahoma, uh, you know, like first base only types and Naranjo just he didn't have a great debut, and then COVID happened, and then you know everything else. He's only in Lake County this year, which for his third year in the minors is not necessarily what you're hoping for. But he does have three home runs in the early going. He's second in the in batting average in the minors, so that's good to see. Isaiah Green, who's in Lynchburg, who was I think the bigger prospect than Josh Wolf in the uh, you know in terms of the third and fourth parts in that Frankie Lindor teal. He's currently fourth in batting average. Uh, in the minors, so that's good. to You know, interesting to see. Uh, you know, it, uh, some big names. Uh, that, but let's move on to some other fun stats. Oscar Gonzalez also tied for the league, lead, the organizational lead with three home runs. Isaiah Green is the leader in on base percentage. Naranjo second. Mitchell Tolman, who was um, he was an addition last year as a depth guy, so maybe not something to get. But George Valera fourth. Will Brennan fifth. Bo Naylor, sixth, after the year he had a year ago. That is really um, encouraging to see uh, Rodriguez, who is one of the big international players who I th- believe they have to add at the end of this year, is currently uh, also tied for sixth. Jose Vermin, the king of underrated. This guy keeps moving up the system. Uh, he'll eventually leave as a minor league free agent. He's going to play in the big leagues somewhere. I just don't see how it's with Cleveland, but he's going to play somewhere. All this kid does is hit. He just hits at every level. And if I ran another team, I'd be taking him in the rule five, you know, for rule five, it happened this year in a heartbeat. All this kid does is hit. If I'm calling the Indians, like he is the, you know, let's say I was running the, the Orioles or Pittsburgh and Cleveland decides to go all in on an outfield. I don't think they're going to, because again, Brennan's playing well. Valera's hitting, playing well. They still have to, you know, Nolan Jones isn't even healthy yet. They're going to have to figure out all these young players. I think that's why they're not going to go all in. Uh, honestly, I know people don't want to go pay that high price for Sean Murphy. But if you can trade a Ty Freeman as a centerpiece for Sean Murphy, uh, I go do that tomorrow. If you can make it Freeman and Logan Allen, who, I mean, you know, I love this. I was ahead of Logan. I had him in the top 10 from the moment he was drafted. Like if you can do it and not give up your Espino, your Williams, I I go make that trade. Like that's where they don't really have an obvious one. The one could say, Hey, you know, we'll see what Naylor can do. But getting back to the original point, Jose Fermin is that guy that I would love to ask as a fourth piece. Like he's that guy where I'm like, He's just buried because it's the Guardians and everyone knows their infield depth. Uh, Brennan, on top of having the 5th best on-base percentage, has the 2nd best slugging percentage. Naranjo is 1. 3 is Oscar Gonzalez. 5th, Brian Rocchio. How about that there? He's also 6th uh, in batting average. He's not up there in on-base percentage, so, but still. So your, your OPS, your combination, Naranjo, Brennan, Valera, 4. Isaiah Green, 6. Rocchio, 7. Uh, Richie Palacios, nine. Gabriel Arias, Arias, uh, ten. So, I mean, the guys you want to see performing are. So, it's just kind of fun. It is entertaining to see. And if you're a fan of this team, like, that's great. Like, guys in the upper levels, the top prospects are coming out, just blistering the ball. Uh, In terms of strikeouts, Logan Allen and Gavin Williams lead the minors at 17 each. Spino is one behind at 16. Uh, And then you got Peyton Battlefield and Xavier Curry. And Curry is another, like... Curry needs to be Rule Five added at the end of this year. Um, I, he's he's only like five foot ten, but man, he's one of those. I mean, it's the same argument I made for Eli Morgan for years. Maybe he'll prove me wrong, like Morgan did. But I'm like, just put him in the pen. Like Curry could help this team in the bullpen this year. That is my firm belief. Uh, yeah, uh, Riley Boone, last year's pick. Tanner Burns, two years ago's pick. Also in that um, that strikeout uh, top listing and then that's kind of the problem in general it's like after that it's like oh like saves era like these aren't the stats <laughs> we'll say how bad is the era in the minors that like trent denholm who you know pat myself on the back uh two years ago i called him as a guardians pick denholm and jake miller i like both these pitchers so don't view this as running them down uh 7.88 eras and that's tied for ninth best era among starters and the early really going it hasn't not not everyone's going. You got uh, Burns, Batenfield, uh Logan Allen, Gavin Williams, uh, Espino, uh, Kirk McCarthy, who's just the all that guy does is perform. He's another one. Like he just keeps doing his job and doing it well. Uh, in terms of production, so it's I don't know. Like not no, I know what I want to state here is very simply, this is fun, right? The team had a rough weekend, but. You got a lot of guys in the upper minors, very close to helping this Cleveland Guardians team. If things don't work out again, I think man, we're going super long today. I think Stephen Kwan can totally. win was even a baseball game. Uh, that's just how much fun the miners are. I should just I should have just done this whole show for that. But we also want to talk about all the other fun things. But let's say Stephen Kwan doesn't work out. Let's say it was a good good hot uh, debut. Reminds me of like. Um, d- d- he doesn't remind me let's say it's like when ben francisco debuted i don't know if anyone else remembers that i was very excited by the way um you know still one of the five best outfielders they've drafted and developed uh since 2000 but he came out and looked really good and i remember emailing my good buddy andrew Clamen used to write at waiting for next year uh like oh you know this is part of this team's outfield going forward And he's like you might want to cool your jets on that Uh, And he was 100% right, I was 100% wrong. So sometimes it doesn't work. You know, players we expect, I mean, Matt Laporta. we just did that whole, why do prospects fail? And sometimes you just, you don't know. So I don't think Stephen Kwan's going to fail. Like, don't don't take that as the takeaway. The point is though, if it doesn't work, right? Or if, you know, a, a Valera or a Jones is the next can't miss kid who misses. Now, again, I don't think that's the case for either of them. Uh, Valera in particular is the number one prospect in the system to me. But if it happens, they have the depth in players where it's nice that it's like, okay, there's still a Will Brennan to consider. There's still the million shortstops coming up, like a Jose Fermin who just completely gets forgotten. Uh, It's it's nice. The depth is just – it's also why play the lineup I talked about in segment one, right? Play that lineup every day. Figure out is Naylor a keeper or not? Is Owen Miller a keeper or not? And make you know if they're not, if they are great, you've got just depth for days. If they're not, start playing these other guys. We need to see uh, who is going to be the ones, and we can't afford to to pull a Jake Bowers and and drag it out over three years. Give guys opportunities, see what they have. You know, Yu Chen Chang is suffering from the same situation as Bowers. Uh, it it's you know I go back to that COVID year where it's like. Just should have played the you know, the line out there and then let him go. Giving yourself a full year of Bobby Bradley. At the end of that year, you could have been like, okay, we'll start this year and then see. Let Chang play in that COVID year. I mean, they were running out has-beens and never-were's at points. So it is nice to see them actually running out the young players this year, and hopefully that will continue on today's super long episode of Locked On. Locked on, Nope, Locked On Guardians. I remember, I want to thank everyone again for uh being part of the Lockdown Guardians team. Remember to rate and review, download daily it helps. I want to thank you for making Lockdown Guardians your first listen today and every day, wherever it is you get podcasts, go check out our friend Lindsay over at Locked On Prospects or our other good buddy Sully over at Locked On MLB. And as I end every show now, even the super long ones, go go guardians go.